1: You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students.
2: The following podcast contains explicit language.
0: Ooh, Liz, the Fix fans are planning a Twitter storm tonight. Well,
1: I don't know what a Twitter storm is, but I'm very
0: excited to hear that. will retweet. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 19 years, Liz. That's me, Liz Kraft. On this
1: podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles.
0: In this week's episode, we talked to Liz Dolan and Rico Galliano from the podcast Safe for Work about everything from how to deal with an asshole in the office to how to change careers in your 30s, 40s, or 50s. Then in Take a Hike, we're going to update everybody on how we're doing with our New Year's resolutions. This could have been horrible. I'm yes. really happy to say that it's going to be a positive update.
1: Yes. Finally, this week's Hollywood hack is both festive and promotional.
0: Yes, but before we get into all that, I just want to make sure our listeners are aware that Melissa Hartwig-Urban's new podcast, Do The Thing, is dropping very soon. It's dropping on April 30th.
1: Yes. And Melissa is a new member of the Onward Project family. We're so happy to welcome her yes. to the family. And Do The Thing is about so much more than The Whole 30. Right. It's, Everyone
0: will immediately associate her with The Whole 30.
1: Of course. But it's about so much more.
0: Yes. It's very exciting. I cannot wait to listen to this podcast. I'm a huge fan of hers.
1: And now, Sarah, we have an update. In episode 99, Hollywood career coach Carol Kirshner talked about how internships are a great way to get a foot in the door. And Maria emailed us with a little advice about that. She said, Just wanted to offer a little more advice on getting an internship. As when I was hired a rotation of ABC News marketing interns every semester for a couple years, I find it quite challenging to cut through. And for me, I never read a single cover letter. My tips would be use the keywords for the internship you are applying for within your CV and customize it. Also, stalk intern recruiters on LinkedIn and get in touch. It's not considered overly aggressive. I also think practice interviewing to show your personality. Don't just regurgitate a sentence from Variety or TechCrunch. So, these are all great tips. Practicing great tips. an interview is something we very much believe in. It is. So, and
0: everything she said makes a lot of sense. So, yes. And she's almost speaking a different language to me. I feel like I, I feel so removed from this. Like, I don't think I've had a resume since like college. Yeah. <laughs> Why would we? Um, so, Maria, thank you. Thanks yes. for sharing that. Yes.
1: Good luck with your internships, everybody. Okay, Sarah, it's time for From the Treadmill Desk Sub, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's getting advice about how to survive the workplace from two people who are not in the TV business. (laughs) The host of a podcast we love, Safe for Work.
0: Yes, we have Liz Dolan and Rico Galliano coming in. This is so exciting. Liz Dolan has led a double life most of her career. By day, she's been chief marketing officer for brands like Nike and OWN, the Oprah Winfrey Network, and National Geographic. And by night, she is a podcast pioneer, launching the long-running award-winning Satellite Sisters with her real sisters way back in 2007 and now co-hosting a lively, fun career advice show called Safe for Work. Rico Galliano started
1: his career in Los Angeles writing for TV, so of course he now works in a totally non-visual medium. (laughs) He was a reporter for the public radio business show Marketplace, then co-created and co-hosted the pioneering arts and culture podcast, The Dinner Party Download, which also aired on hundreds of public radio stations nationwide. These days, he hosts a podcast, One Plus One, about creative partnerships and has his own creative partnership co-hosting Safe for Work with Liz. Safe for Work is an advice podcast that reminds you that while your office may be crazy, you don't have to be. Liz and Rico, thank you so much for being here. Thank Welcome. you for having us.
3: Thanks for having us, yes.
0: We're so excited to
1: see you and thank to you. talk about work. Yes, yeah. and get your advice. <laughs> it's the I've...
3: funnest, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I feel like
1: well, we're always be. giving advice about work, and I'm very happy to get advice from I others know. about
2: it. Okay, uh, yes. you, you, know, know, you guys are really crushing it lately, so I don't know what advice we can give you. Oh, yeah. well, so much, so much, yes. <laughs> okay.
1: so much. Well, and it's just funny to me because we always talk about how the advice we give about working in Hollywood applies to lots of industries. Yes, um, but it's also true that the advice you guys give about other industries applies to us sure. and to I people think trying that's to be true. writers, producers actors whatever so i want to start with an area that i think people have a lot of interest in which is assholes <laughs> um we keep hearing about oh we have a no asshole policy here and there's i think like a book called no assholes right but in our experience assholes tend to slip through um, whether it's on purpose or accidental or the person who's saying they have a no-asshole policy it's is the, the asshole. asshole. <laughs> I think often that's true. Um, what What's your advice? How do you deal with it, If especially, obviously, if that person is a boss? I mean, mm-hmm. hopefully if it's us and, and we're in a boss situation, we could get rid of the person. But if it's the boss, what do you do?
2: So the bully-boss scenario, I think where... The advice we tend to give is the sort of save yourself variety. So even if you can't quit your job and go, you have to learn how to not let those kinds of colleagues get under your skin too much, right? Which is really hard, especially when you're earlier in your career Mm -hmm. and people can make you feel really uncertain about the quality of your work Mm -hmm. and you just really don't know if they're right or not. But you somehow you have to maintain enough I don't know, presence of mind or balance in your outside life or something to know that the problem here is that person, not me, mm-hmm. which if you've been in that situation, you know how hard that is. Have oh, you ever experienced yes. that where you just felt so bullied by someone? You think, I must really be bad at this.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, the The one experience that I was just thinking of, um, Liz actually stood up to that person like just kind of, I think you told yeah. this
2: story on the on a previous oh, episode, right? I, I, yeah. Yes. And, and it
0: this, and the other
3: Liz, by the way, yeah,
0: Yes, it is confusing. Right. Yes, I know. Um, Liz Craft stood up to the person, and it did sort of. I'm just going to say, deball him a little bit, uh-huh. yeah, or her. <laughs> but but the him. only man in this room. A sudden, <laughs> very, um, a little weird.
1: Yeah, but I also didn't. I don't know. I felt very empowered to do that. Right. Um, In that
0: environment. um, And people don't always. Yeah. You know, and that's what's really hard, I think.
3: Sure. I feel like very often bad cops rise with the help of a good cop. There's Mm -hmm. somebody offsetting them that Mm. makes that possible to happen. Finding who that good cop is, I think, can often be a good idea. And it may not even necessarily be someone they're in direct partnership, but there's generally someone within the organization that you can turn to. A lot of people want to turn to HR, by the way, which is not always the greatest idea because they're actually in line with the business. Yes. Their job is to represent the business. But there's usually somebody that you can talk to, and we're often telling people, is there someone else in the company that you can turn to that can maybe also help shift you either away from that person or to another branch of the entire company?
2: Yeah. There was another time where we had a caller who was being – berated by the big boss in the company And she felt that it was racially motivated. Even though he wasn't explicit about that, there was something in his language that she was taking that. So we answered her question, and then we felt like we really didn't give her enough to work with. So then we called a labor lawyer in to talk about, okay, how do you know? And when do you raise your hand? And Mm -hmm. what should you do? And she was super helpful in sort of establishing the limits. But one of the most useful things she said, which I would recommend to anyone, is when you think that's coming at you or even just any form of bullying it's so hard to stand your ground but sometimes just asking a question back can be the most useful thing you do in this scenario and in this case she said this boss was saying things like you people do this and you people do that and the lawyer said to our caller well you should ask who does he mean by you people because he might just mean millennials. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or, or he might mean new employees. Or yeah. a, it's at least a way of putting someone on notice that right. you are paying attention to their language and their attitude. And I thought that was really super useful advice. That's yes. great advice. And, and
3: I do think in this day and age, and particularly in Hollywood, I think that when people are aware that they're on notice, mm-hmm. suddenly there's a little bit of the fear of God that gets struck. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they might actually react.
1: Yes. Not that necessarily is... the
3: case in the best.
1: Yeah, that is changing in a lot of
2: cases, I think. But I think the whole no assholes thing... I think Hollywood's going to be the last to go on our- <laughs> Yeah. I think assholes are celebrated a lot of time I think time. they are. Yes. Well, it's the creative genius uh, yeah. thing. I think that they're celebrated in entertainment and in tech,
1: mm. and
2: less so in the rest of the world. Yeah. And do you have
1: any advice for, because we get this question, if you have a viper in the workplace, someone ooh. who's pretending to be a friend.
0: A frenemy. Ac- right. A frenemy. Yes. Yes. There's yes. the overt asshole, and then there's the person who's like, ooh, hi, we're friends, and then... And yeah. that's a much almost yeah. worse thing yeah. to deal with. Yeah. Do you have any that's tips hard. about that? Have you, you ever fallen for that? Uh,
3: I don't think I have, but just, I mean, don't make friends. That's a helpful thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's a, it's a job. Although I will say that it is interesting. And by the way, it's also true. Something that we say all the time on the show is that workplaces need to be nice places to work because they're providing you with more than just a paycheck. They are providing you with some amount of a social life, Mm -hmm. but it is a fine line. I think it's helpful to keep workplace, uh, this is, you know, to a certain extent to keep your workplace relationships at a little bit more of a distance because Mm -hmm. of this kind of thing. It does because economics start working into it. It can start getting really intense. But have I had that particular experience? I don't think I have, luckily.
2: Because I have, or a version of that. And I would get sucked into gossip, I think, Mm -hmm. is lots of times how those vipers kind of get you into Mm -hmm. their lair. They know things you don't know or they want to tell you things you need to know. And I just learned to not fall for that anymore, that that is that is their number one trick for oh. getting you into their web, or at least the way right, I've that's experienced that's interesting. Yeah. So somehow you have to learn to differentiate between people that want to gossip with you and people that just want to share information with you because it's their job, and that's the way work gets done in any workplace.
1: It, that's a nice thing about having a partner is I feel like we can sort of with each other say, yeah. wait, is you know, I'm sensing something weird. Is this,
0: do you think something's weird? Yeah, you because know, if I'm, one of us gets the tingles we know there's yes. something wrong. Usually it's just one of us. Yes. Well, I've
2: heard that Liz has the spidey sense, yes. right? I've heard you talk about that. Is that right? Yeah. You I trust do. everyone. I
0: and I have, I have douche sense.
1: sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh really. No, she does. I, she I, also oh, really? picks yeah. up on yeah. it at times. Yeah.
0: That is like, like, very helpful ooh, sense. Oh, no, yes, it really yeah. is.
3: <laughs> I do feel I feel like that's typical in partnerships, actually. I was in a partnership for a long time and I remember it was like I'd meet somebody and I would be like, Oh, that seems like a nice person, and my partner would be like that guy's trouble.
1: Oh, right. Yes.
3: That's remarkable. So maybe one of the solutions is to actually have a colleague who you can count on to bounce these ideas off. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like one known ally who you trust. Uh Uh-huh. So I want to ask you about negotiating because we're at this strange time as Hollywood writers where the WGA is and the Association of Talent Agents are having a bit of a kerfuffle. And in a week or so, or by the time the airs, maybe now we won't have an agent. We've had the same agent for a long time. We love him. How do we negotiate? Like, people all over town, Hollywood writers, are making deals, having meetings, trying to get jobs— And this resource, this incredibly important person in our lives, our agents, will not be available to us. We will be sort of having our own back.
3: And this Mm is, I will say, this is one area where I do think Hollywood works differently than a lot of places. Agreed. To a certain extent, because it's so based on personal relationships. But the typical negotiation that we're always saying is it's very straightforward. It's you got to lay out what your value is to the other person. And in this circumstance, how do do we do that?
2: Well, first of all, I think most people go wrong because they don't know their value.
3: So, well, that's,
1: I think that's a really good point, especially for women. Yes, You know, we learn more and more how much mm-hmm. more men, mm-hmm. even in Hollywood. They are ask paying. for more. Yeah.
2: They are more. It's easier for them to sort of talk themselves up. I think women were socialized to not do that. Absolutely, and yes. by the way, when we do talk ourselves up, it's received differently when men do. Yes. We've all seen the research on that. That's key. So I think that's why negotiation is really hard because you're being asked to do the one thing you've been trained your whole life not to do, which is blow your own horn. Yes. Let me ask you guys a
1: question. Do you think it's appropriate to ask others At your level, what they get paid?
3: Yes, that was what I was just going to say. And this is something that is, luckily, in the whole world of working, I think is changing. It used to be that was absolutely verboten. You never talked about how much money you made. And now I think people are realizing you have to start talking about how much money you make because you're at a disadvantage in a negotiation if you don't. I think it's absolutely okay to ask people. I mean, obviously, you're not just like the random show down the hallway, (laughs) but somebody that you know and trust and be like, hey, I know this is awkward, but I need this. And I think right now I do feel like writers, especially in Hollywood, are feeling a certain amount of uh, kinship Mm -hmm. and willingness to exchange that information. I would do that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Also, just getting the information that uh, Rico was saying earlier, transparency is good for all of us. So Mm -hmm. I know it's hard to ask someone like, hey, what are you making or what did you get paid to do that? But the more we can learn how to do that in every industry, the better off we're going to be.
0: And I should say in my in what I said earlier, it's not clear that we it's a really, really tough situation. We do support the changes that the WGA is asking for. So, you know, it's a big, important thing that's happening, but it's scary. Okay, changing gears. We hear from
1: people who want to change careers Mm -hmm. in their 30s, 40s, even 50s. What's your advice? Can you change careers? Is that realistic? Are there sort of things to do to, to optimize make it ha- yeah, your chances? To opti- yeah.
3: First of all, it makes it—it's re- very important to know what it is exactly that you want to do. Very specifically, what your goal is, and I also think that thinking about what you did in your previous career—the thing that undergirds your interests, no matter what career you're in—a and especially the stuff that undergirded your last career—that could be ported into this new career and hitting that constantly in interviews and in, you know, when you're searching for jobs? My answer to
2: can you change careers is always yes. It's just a question of being realistic about how long that will take. Mm. Uh, People who think that they can just quit their job and goes, this this thing that's been a hobby for a while, Mm -hmm. if they really put full time into it, that it would actually pay for their life. Well, I would be very careful about that and prove that to yourself first, which means for a while you are working two jobs most of the time. You know, you've got this side hustle. You really want to make the side hustle your number one thing. You should prove to yourself that the side hustle really will be more lucrative with more time or there might be some other reason you're not making money at that, in which case, probably not good to
0: quit your job and go to that.
3: It's rarely a good idea to quit your job until you've got another <laughs> one, by the way, which is pretty obvious.
0: Right. But, Chris Gillabo talks about that on uh, the podcast Side Hustle School.
1: Yes. And by the way, if anyone wants to start a side hustle, they're looking to change their career. Chris has amazing advice about how to do it.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, I want to ask you guys, this is such a broad question, so forgive me, but what are the biggest mistakes people make? Just doing this show and you hear the same things over and over again. What can we avoid?
2: I think that you really need to know yourself and know what you want to get out of your work life, your career, your job. Sometimes we and I've done this to myself for sure. Sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves have our work be like our whole life. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to get all of your satisfaction out of your job. I know it's weird considering we do (laughs) a show of work advice (laughs) to say, "Don't, don't expect your work to be that good. No, I think you should expect your work to be super satisfying and even, you know, good for your soul. But your job cannot provide you all of the good things in your life. And I know when I've gotten in a rut in the past, it's because I was asking too much of my work Mm. and not spending enough time thinking about other ways to have a life.
3: And I would also say keeping an eye on the long game Uh, Because I think that people, yes, you can have a successful and and satisfying work life, but maybe not right away and maybe not all the time. We get Mm -hmm. a lot of younger listeners, especially, who are writing in and saying, like, this is my first job out of college and I'm really not satisfied. (laughs) It's like, that will happen. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Stick with it. There is a path to follow and you can leapfrog that path at certain junctures. But, like, sometimes you got to eat a little crow first.
0: Yeah.
2: mm mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Is that just a millennial thing or were we like that when we were just starting out? That's my question. What's crazy
1: is I loved my first job out of college. Which was? was? I was a receptionist at a place, which is now Alloy Entertainment, that Uh, published young adult books.
0: uh And I loved young adult books. I was so happy there. But you were also the person who was like, oh, wait, no, I'm not getting you all lunch. Well, that is true.
1: I was supposed to go around (laughs) and and get (laughs) breakfast orders and order breakfast every morning. And Uh I just went into the boss and I said, so. This is stopping. Yeah, sure. this I who would do this. This I'm a receptionist. I'm not the person to order not the catering department. Right, and oh. that was it for breakfast. And I was just lucky that it was a place where one could do that. I mean, if you did that on a show, you would get fired. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I
2: think yeah. I've kind of loved every job I've ever had. I just I don't know. I like doing things. And and no matter how low level it was, that's why the few times in my life I've been in a situation where I really, really wasn't digging it, I knew I had to pay attention to ah, that because yeah. I'm just generally a worker. I, yeah. I like doing stuff.
1: My um, father always says, if you think about making a change, you should make it because we're all like so prone to inertia that if it enters your thought, you yes. know, that it should happen.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. And so, but be thoughtful about how you do that. Yes. yes. I would
3: also say that the human mind really tends towards novelty. So, mm. you really want to make sure that you're not just, you know, your lizard brain is going like, I'd like another different pretty color every day.
0: Interesting. Uh, yeah. Mm. Oh, well, Liz and Rico, it has been so fun oh to talk God. to you. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming Thank in. You. Thank we you may be calling us. you for negotiating advice. Yes, oh, yes.
2: We can, we'll <laughs> <also> be submitting <laughs> well, a question to save that, for work. What, yeah. what people like you do in the entertainment business is you really just have to invent everything yourself. It's not even like a job. You have to go think it up and sell it and then produce it and get it on the air. I'm just I'm full of admiration for people who do what you do.
1: Oh, Well. Thank you. Keep it up. It's a fun job. (laughs) Yes, and we we enjoy it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, we discuss our progress with our 2019 New Year's resolutions.
0: But first, this break. Head to factormeals.com HIH50 and use code
1: HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah, it's time for Take a Hike, in which we talk about mental, physical, or spiritual health. And today, it's really all of them combined. (laughs) Our New Year's resolutions, we made them. We promised our listeners we would report back at the end of March, and it's a little bit past that. (laughs) We Um, failed at our first goal. (laughs) Yes, but we are reporting in. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Uh,
0: You go first. Okay. Yours is much clearer than
1: mine. Okay. Yes. My New Year's resolution is to lose 25 pounds in 2019. And I'm doing quite well. I am weighing myself every day, which I think is incredibly helpful. And I'm I'm using the Noom app to record my weight and also how many steps I'm taking because I'm really trying as often as I can to do 10,000 steps. So those two things I think are very helpful. I think at my height, I was 164.2, and I weighed myself this morning, and I was 145.6. Nice. So it's— I actually went up. I declared myself (laughs) 160, I think, for New Year's resolutions, but then I gained. So I actually (laughs) now have to lose, I guess, more like 30 pounds. Mm. So 135 was kind of my goal, so I'm about 11 pounds away. Now, I do have to say I had help— with my weight loss because I had surgery (laughs) at the end of January. And it, one, removed actual three pounds of fibroids. So I lost three pounds that way. And then because of the surgery, I was just not eating, you know, a lot for some period of time. And then once
0: I lost that weight, it really motivated me to stay on track. And I think also because you had the fibroids, that was contributing to just your body working differently, and and especially because you're diabetic, that was contributing to you gaining weight. Yes, I think so. I don't have any, like, actual
1: proof of this, and I brought that up to my doctor, and he didn't agree with me. But I think it's clear I've been losing weight so much more easily since I got the fibroids removed. I mean, it's night and day. So something happened that's really been helpful. So I feel really good about my New Year's resolution. And I have to say, I really think announcing it here, putting the number on it, and just, like, owning it has really motivated me. Uh Because I do not want to come back here, like, November 30th (laughs) and and only, you know, have gained five pounds, which is what's been happening most years. Mm -hmm. So I thank everyone out there for being my accountability group. Now, Sarah, your
0: New Year's resolution was a little broader than mine. Yes. A little more philosophical. Yes, a little more loosey-goosey. My New Year's resolution was the phrase, progress, not perfection. Because I can tend to be really hard on myself Mm -hmm. and feel like I have to do everything perfectly. And that can often be, can actually stop me from making progress when if I would just chill the fuck out, I would accomplish more. So I would say it's going really well. I was really sick for the first two months of the year. Like I just got a flu that didn't go away and the, you know, two rounds of antibiotics. I just felt crappy for like two months. So that slowed me down. Mm -hmm. But I've made a lot of progress on decluttering my house I did a ton of work at my mom's house in Minnesota over spring break when we were there. Like, I'm just sort of like, I have so many things going on and I'm making, I was going to say incremental, but I think it's actually more than incremental progress on all of them. I bought a sauna
3: it's getting delivered soon.
0: For me, that's gigantic. And I had this whole thing of like, I have to like redo my deck and I'm going to put it outside and I'll have, so I have to get a contractor and I have to Mm. do the blah, blah, blah. blah. And then I was like, you know, screw it. I'm just buying the sauna. I'll put (laughs) it somewhere in the house. And then when the deck gets done, I'll move it.
1: Sarah, you're getting a sauna. I want to point out to our listeners that in episode 19, we interviewed Dr. Sarah Gottfried, who talked about the value of saunas, and that got you thinking you wanted to get one, and now you're following through.
0: Yes, and my doctor really agrees with her on that and has had me doing um, infrared saunas, but it's a real pain to, like, go find a place with an infrared sauna all the time. Anyway, so now I'm going to have one in my house. I'm going to be doing saunas all the time, and it's going to be great.
1: And you're also, by the way, making progress on um, not buying as much, because you're trying to be more earth-friendly, and you have traditionally been something of an
0: overbuyer. Traditionally, I have been. (laughs) That's a very, very nice way to phrase it. Something of. I've been like a massive overbuyer. And since the beginning of the year, I really have not been at all. Like, I think about whether I really need to get something— I wait. I think about it again. Like, I'm much more hesitant to just be like, yeah, I got to get that. I got to get that. I got to get that. And it's totally fine, by the way. Like, it turns out I actually have a lot of stuff in my closet I can wear.
1: You're looking fabulous
0: with (laughs) all of your closet clothes. (laughs) Well, I
1: want to hear from our listeners how you guys are doing. Oh, not supposed to say guys, Sarah. How you all are doing with your New Year's resolutions. Maybe this will give you a little kick in the butt if you need one. I'm very proud of us. So good on us. Yeah. Let us know if you're keeping your New Year's resolution.
0: Yes, you can email us at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. You can email us a voice memo. We love hearing your actual voices. So please get in touch about this one. But 1st this break. Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over thirty-seven thousand companies have already made the move.
1: By popular demand, Netsuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com/hollywood. 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 And now, Sarah, it's time for this week's Hollywood Hack. Yes. Which is personalized cocktail napkins. With This Hollywood Hack came out of our retreat, our Ojai retreat that we did a few weeks ago.
0: Yeah, and you suggested this, and I was like, really? We're going to get, like, personalized napkins with our logo on them? And I have to say, I love them so much much. They really make me happy when I look at them.
1: Yeah. And what I think personalized cocktail napkins do, or regular napkins, if whatever, depending on the kind of event you're having, is they elevate an event. It makes it more festive. Yes. Like, yes, we could have just had regular cocktail napkins, but the fact that they said happier in Hollywood, aside from us just enjoying them, (laughs) made it feel like someone had really put attention into
0: this party. Yes, it's about details. It made yeah. it feel special and specific.
1: And I think I was saying to you if we for our next event I would like to have even more things with our logo on it. Totally. I 100% <laughs> agree. There yes. can't be enough of the Happier in Hollywood logo for me.
0: I know. And it's not that hard to get stuff. We got our cocktail napkins yes, on Zazzle. Yes, you did it. You did it. Okay. And it was very easy. And not cost prohibitive at all. No. No, and if we got more, it would be less expensive. Right. So if
1: we're going to be having a million cocktail parties, we can order like <laughs> 1,500 cocktail yes,
0: napkins. For a very reasonable price. Yes. <laughs> so that's our Hollywood hack. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywoodgmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. A very special thanks to Liz Dolan and
1: Rico Galliano for joining us today. You can follow Liz on Twitter at SSLiz and Rico at Rico Galliano, which is G-A-G-L-I-A-N-O. Check out their incredibly informative podcast, Safe for Work, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. And of course, thank you to everyone at Cadence 13.
0: Thank you to our assistant, Mary Merkins, for managing all of our incoming emails. As always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at S. Fane and Liz is at Liz Kraft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it.
1: So, Sarah, next time I think we should have half the napkins, our logo, and then the other half should say it's a fun job and we enjoy it.
0: Oh, I love that. And we should have bigger napkins. Yes. I like the cocktail napkins, but we should do like picnic size yes. napkins
1: also. That was—remember uh, the one thing that bothered me about our premiere party was that we hadn't made fixed napkins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> From now on. It's all about the napkins. It's all about the napkins.